Hey y'all, welcome back. I have my husband Nick joining me today and we are talking about walking through a season of recovery and the power of prayer. And he is the first of what I hope to be many guests on here. I'm so excited. Welcome, babe. Hi, everybody. Grateful to be here. Nick is going to share a little bit of our story and how we met. Honestly, I just like the way he tells our story. I think he does a better job than I do. So, babe, take it away. So I first met Brittany almost 24 years ago. Technically, we did overlap one year of elementary school, so that would be 30 years. But the real story began once I had made it to high school. I had always thought that Brittany was pretty, and for a long time I was interested. But early on, the opportunity just never presented itself. Once I completed high school, there were a few specific times that Brittany and I reconnected. I'd get her phone number, we'd spend a few weeks talking here and there. Sometimes I'd go out of my way to just go and see her in her real life. And Once we even went to a concert together, but it never really gained any momentum. Personally, I fell harder and harder for Brittany every time we reconnected. I was convinced that if she would give me a real chance, I'd do everything I could to make her the happiest that she'd ever been. Fast forward a few years, 2009, I'm walking out of a church service and I get chased down by a lady in the lobby. She asked if I was Nick Vega, told me that she was Brittany Dropsy's mom, and recommended that I give her a call. God was definitely on the move. All the old feelings rushed back, and less than a day later, I found myself sending her a Facebook message. Brittany responded, We planned a trip to the zoo, and our lives were forever changed. Brittany and I started dating almost immediately. I met her son, Noah. We all started going to church together. And I supported her as she dedicated Noah. We built a lot of momentum very quickly and we fell in love. Okay, so it's 2010. Nick and I had been dating for almost a year when we got engaged. It was a completely unexpected proposal for me and I could not have been any more surprised and excited to say yes. But seriously, y'all, I was eating double stuffed Oreos when he got down on one knee. Like that's how unexpected it was. The following year in 2011, we had the wedding of our dreams. We were married by our pastor who from day one has been an instrumental part of our tribe. We were surrounded by about 300 people and it was truly the fairy tale wedding that I had always hoped for. We picked a warm summer day and I wore the most gorgeous dress that my parents had flown over from Spain. We had cocktail hour outside on the patio and wonderful speeches given by those that love us. We have so many unforgettable memories of dancing and crying and laughing, just being surrounded by all the people that we love. It was such a special day for us. Reality hit pretty early on in our marriage. In fact, I would say that God made it abundantly clear that he was going to use our story in a really cool way. And I didn't necessarily think it was cool when we were going through it. Like, that's not the word that I would have chosen to describe it. But I can look back now in complete awe of how God walked alongside us in the storm. For us, that storm came just a few months after we were married. I discovered pretty quickly that Nick was an addict. And to be fair, at the time, I didn't even really know what that meant. I knew he was going to need help and that we were going to need a tribe of people to support us, but I didn't realize to what extent our lives would have to change. 
What I quickly learned is that part of the recovery process is changing your people, your places, and your things. And for us, that meant finding new friends and cutting out old ones. It meant giving up drinking and starting counseling and rehab. And honestly, most importantly, it meant praying and asking God for a hedge of protection over Nick as he started out on his recovery journey. As Brittany said, life changed very drastically, very quickly. At this time, I had moved back into my mom's house, and I had started going to Narcotics Anonymous meetings. My goal was to hit 90 meetings in 90 days. At the same time, I admitted into an intensive outpatient treatment program. I was definitely in desperation mode, and I was doing anything I could not to lose this new family that I had been given. I was hurting, but my wife was hurting worse. I missed our son, but I no longer deserved the closeness that we had formed. It was a dark, scary spot. And all the pain and the unknown, when Brittany had every inkling and right to turn away and to walk away, Brittany chose to put her faith into God, to put her faith into our marriage and her faith into the covenant that we had made to each other before God. Every day for the first 100 days of my recovery, Brittany intentionally delivered a handwritten note of encouragement and love. She snuck them over to my mom's house, unbeknownst to me, sometimes placing them onto my car's windshield, onto my bathroom counter, and even onto my pillow. She never gave up on me. She assured me in every single letter that she wouldn't. She was praying for me, for my recovery, and for our marriage. Her commitment and her loyalty were instrumental in pushing me through the most painful moments. Miracles happened, grace was given, and I would not be where I am today working on my 12th year of being drug and alcohol free without God and without a wife at home praying for me. While Nick was working his way through recovery, I faithfully prayed. I remember feeling so totally and completely helpless during this season, but through prayer, I found a lot of strength. I think what happens is that sometimes we underestimate the power of prayer and especially the power of a praying husband or a praying wife when their spouse is in the trenches. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. On the day that Nick decided he was going to turn away from the life that he had been living, I began praying. I prayed that God would give him the strength to walk this new path of freedom and that I would be a strong enough wife to support him on the journey. I was just barely 25 years old when all of this was taking place. And to be honest, the fairy tale that I felt I signed up for was just not how my story was unfolding. My prayer evolved over time. And with each new milestone we reached, I praised God for the work that he was doing in Nick. And honestly, I felt really encouraged to keep going and to continue supporting him on his journey. But I wouldn't have been able to do that without God. When it comes to being in the trenches, I don't even have the words for the tribe that stepped up and walked alongside us during this particular season. And I'm going to be honest, it was a very small tribe. 
We had my parents and my stepdad and sister who stepped up in an unbelievable way. They were willing to put aside what others thought about Nick being an addict and to give him their full support. And we quickly learned not everyone will be there to support you when you say you have an addiction. My family was really on the front lines of emotionally and spiritually walking alongside us in the storm. I can't even imagine how different our story would be if it wasn't for their prayers and their consistent love and encouragement. I don't even know if Nick and I realized it then, but God was working in an unbelievable way through one of the hardest seasons of our lives. And I am so glad that God and our small little tribe was on our side in that season. So now we find ourselves in 2016. I'd put together five years of recovery. I'd been attending Celebrate Recovery, which is a faith-based 12-step program. Um, I've worked very hard at changing my people, my places, and my things. By this time, most of my friends are all actually people in recovery, and my family is starting to grow, and, and I'm faced with a very hard decision. Would I choose to bury my past struggles, moving on from them as if they had never happened? Or would I choose to use my testimony as a means of helping others change their lives? Reality was setting in. If I personally was not able to resist the draw of drugs... If I wasn't able to avoid the hooks of an opiate addiction, then how could I have any reasonable hope that my own children and the children of this generation wouldn't fall for the same trap? Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I had work to do in order to get in front of the enemy, and I did just that. I pulled together a few other Christian men, two of which were in recovery themselves, and we built our own faith-based, state-certified outpatient drug and alcohol treatment center. We served our first client in 2017, and we've since planted five resilient standalone sites for treating the people of our community. We're one of very few treatment agencies who cling to our faith-based foundations, and we truly believe that this sets us apart. Almost 12 years into my own recovery, I've managed to overlap my passions and my vocation, working every day to help people break free from the chains of addiction. The life change that I witness on a daily basis continues to give me hope and joy in my own recovery. I'm committed to our company's impact on the community, and in doing so, I'm held accountable every day as I continue to write my own testimony. Y'all, it has been an absolute joy to watch Nick put together the days and the months and the years of clean time. Every fall, we have a party to celebrate all that God has done in Nick's life. Several years ago, he said something to me that I will never forget. It was after he felt led to start Freedom Recovery. He said, I want to be a part of the solution before our kids are old enough to be tempted by the things of this world. I remember thinking then, like, wow, what a legacy. That's the power of prayer and hard work and consistency. And that's how generational chains are broken. I'm just so proud of Nick. Early on in our marriage, we chose a verse of scripture that we continue to go back to over and over again. It's the verse that keeps us grounded and it keeps our eyes on Jesus. 
we chose Philippians 2 verse 2, which says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. I can't think of a better verse to remind us of the importance of setting our eyes on Jesus and being like-minded. God has used our story and continues to use it for a greater good, and by doing so, it's having a domino effect. That domino effect is working its way down to our kids and our future grandkids and the tribe of people that we get to do life with. You know, the moral of this story is that, yes, this is our marriage and this is part of our story. It's something that God has brought us through and we're stronger because of it. But ultimately, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Nick and I believe that just as Jesus overcame the world and was the bigger plan for all of us, our marriage fits into a greater plan for the kingdom of God. We're just simply being obedient by sharing our story. And our hope is that it encourages you today. For those of you struggling with addiction or maybe someone in your tribe is, we've included the link to Freedom Recovery's website. We encourage you to take the steps you need to break the cycle of addiction, and we would love to partner with you on this journey. Babe, I am so glad we have this story to share together. Thank you for being here today. You are literally my favorite person, and I love you so much. Thanks, Mama. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love you. I love our life together, and I'm very proud of you.